Welcome to another episode of Miami Cop Talk. Visit us at MiamiCopTalk.com. With us is Robert Essential and Raul Correa discussing the latest issues in public safety, law enforcement, what's in the news with invited guests. And again, visit us, help us grow our audience. We are one community, one voice. And let's get ready to start another episode of Miami Cop Talk. We talk about technology and technology is the cutting edge of everything. Whenever you have a subject that, that's not complying, you know, a whole set of range of emotions go through your head. And if you have got good quality training, uh, it's certainly you play, you always revert back to training. I believe you actually uh, have a video ready to show on some of the technology that's out there now that helps officers address the violence that you're talking about when you get to a scene, um, how to address those shoot, no, don't shoot scenarios. I don't know if you have that video. ABC News in 2017 in New York, specifically Eyewitness News 7 in New York, ABC News again. Uh, they followed the NYPD in their training utilizing virtual reality. So let's go ahead and view the video and it'll play into kind of tie into what we've been talking about yeah, and, f- and for our listeners on podcasts you know basically you know the virtual reality game that you see kids do on a daily basis from a call of duty to you name it this is now morphed into the military has been using it for a long time this has been morphed into day-to-day training and uh, you know it's, it's a big budget item so this video is basically nypd um you know utilizing the virtual reality of uh, platform out there for a shoot don't shoot scenario and i don't know if you can hear some of the audio on this they Uh, should be able to hear this Raul. they should be able to hear this and and this is also homeland security and uh university of louisiana so uh lsu so university louisiana state university which has been playing a big role with homeland security since uh let's see in domestic preparedness since 2011 all right i'm gonna go ahead and play it how's that let's go watching New York City cops in virtual reality. I got one coming out. I got chairs and tables. I don't hear any shots. You ready? On you. Copy. Let's move. Let's move. I mean, you're dealing with a generation that's very familiar with cell phones and video games and so forth, so this isn't foreign to them. All right, move up. You're seeing things from perspective they'll never get. We can do that all All the time. And say away from the door. It's maybe five, ten years ago, there was a little bit of hesitancy to use something like this. So now we're getting guys wanting to come. Good. End scenario, end scenario. Index, index, index. Imagine the possibilities. Orders. The NYPD conducting active shooter drills at the World Trade Center. Now they can in virtual reality. He's secure. We have like a bunch of cameras around the space and we're tracking your position. We're putting markers on your arm, legs, on the backpack and on your headset. Cool. The guns we're using were meant to play airsoft. Have a little bit of a recoil. So the idea is we want to show them things should operate the same way they would outside than they were here. All right, officers, the scenario that you're going to be going into is you have a call for service at the school principal's office. I got the reception on the right. 
Ça sent bien plus I get more scenarios in, in a much shorter time. You get really immersed. There's a lot of heart, you know, heart pounding, and it's very realistic. So it's it's a great training aid for us to get more experience. You're watching a week-long training program at a state-of-the-art facility in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. The first time the NYPD is using VR. It adds another whole component. You can change the scenarios. You don't need that much space. So we're taking a good look at it. A couple hundred NYPD officers have taken part in this pilot training this first week. The goal is for police departments across the nation to endorse this tech so this training can be incorporated nationwide. Scenario is report of a man with a gun. Report of a man with a gun. Louisiana State University and V armed. I got people hurt here. I need to get them help, okay? Let's drop that weapon. Let that man go, please, sir. All right, let him go. You guys not gonna hurt me, right? Absolutely not, sir. We're gonna work this out for you, okay? Let him go. He's in custody, he's in custody. So this is a tool that within the same environment, in this case, uh, this is a complete high school that we developed. And we can see it in uh, 3D or 2D. And it can really easily uh, configure scenarios with uh, various avatars, whether uh, alive, dead, configure their behaviors. We can gather statistics. So, you know, once you have hundred people doing the same scenario, we can actually draw conclusions from it. We're looking to see where their muzzles are, no weapons, safety issues. Two bodies in the Almost all the scenarios that have been developed here are based on real incidents. Shots fired. Shots fired. Okay, we got shots fired on this one. Shots fired, shots fired. Let's do door 10. I got rear. Please form it, on your hands. Shoot him. Our mission is to do national training across the nation. So after this pilot here with the NYPD, we will take uh, it on the road. I got one coming out in Williamsburg. We got multiple Kim, Channel Seven, Eyewitness News. Are you mentioned when when we started the 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 video that military has been using this application for a long time? Yeah. VR, virtual reality, or or similar to training, similar. Yeah, simulator with training with the drones or whatnot and and you know essentially a lot of the people a lot of the people at least the violence in miami-dade county is being committed by people that are the majority of them in the range of age range between 18 and mid-20s right a lot of those not saying that the games are causing them to play but but certainly they're they're honing in their skills those that are that are violent prone um, it is an issue. It is an issue. But let's talk about police work. You know, with all this scrutiny on, on law enforcement now and all this added exposure, added um, accountability, added awareness, added dissecting and second guessing police officers, does training take on a new meaning for law enforcement? And you're a trainer. What do you think? 
Absolutely. You know, training is, is ongoing every day. Every day is a training uh, uh, scenario. And um, I think when you become complacent, that's when it, you know, the, the issues arise. You talked about violence in our community or the young people. I think you know, basically the maturity level, the cognitive thinking is, is not developed to where it should be. Uh, even in their early 20s, it's uh, unfortunate. But um, there are many studies out there that, that show a correlation between video game, violent video games and, and violence, you know, perpetuating violence in our communities. Uh, I think that law enforcement needs to look at a holistic approach when it comes to training. If, if all the training is uh, bang, bang, shoot them up, you know, take no prisoners and, you know, you know I, I think they're missing the boat. There needs to be uh, community relations engagement. There needs to be tactical training ready for whatever comes. The word tactical in itself, I, I've said it time and time again, the company I work for, uh, tactical means artfully arranged or planned. So to have the logistics, the artful planning and engagement to know when to engage, when to not engage, when to disengage, when to take action, when to not take action. Those are all things that uh, I think people don't understand when it comes to law enforcement. They get scrutinized. And we've talked about scenarios where, you know, the recent incident, um, I believe her name was Michaela Bryant, uh, the one, the girl with the knife. Uh, they interviewed someone and uh, he said, listen, if my daughter's the one holding the knife and the police show up, I don't want them to shoot her. But if my daughter's the one that's going to get stabbed by the girl with the knife, I want them to shoot her. So, you know, and that's that, that world that law enforcement lives in, you know, do you take action? Do you not take action? Do you sit back and finish your coffee and donut and let the community, you know, destroy itself? Or do you engage and, and try to do the best you can with the training you've gotten? I know there well, are there. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question because you're going to something here that, that, that we know. So, so we know that the scrutiny, added scrutiny on police, whether rightfully or not, or not, because you can't use, what is it? What's the saying? You can't use the same paintbrush to, to brush or to describe all law enforcement. You have Correct. good law enforcement, majority of law enforcement Correct. professional. They train on a regular basis. They do the right thing. It's but they get overlooked. Small... They, they get overlooked, unfortunately, yeah. by, by you know, one bad apple ruins the bunch and, the, and media exactly. and, and society focuses on that one bad apple. But, but my point is, for those that will be continuing in professional law enforcement, because law enforcement is not going anywhere, that's the, that's the line that defends the public, keeps right. safety, keeps our community right. safe. It divides us between a society of laws and, and, and law-abiding citizens versus anarchy or just outright lawlessness, as we see in other countries. But what, is what role does training take on in law enforcement? Do we go to less than lethal now in these, in these high-risk encounters? I mean, you're a trainer. What do you think? Do, do, do they use beanbags in a situation where you have a subject armed? It's unrealistic, right? It's a very interesting conversation because it ties into many aspects of our society. Um, should we uh, have greater gun control? And if we do that, then maybe we don't need to have the militarized uh, type of the law enforcement response to some of these events. Uh, there's there's a complex conversation. Yeah, but that's unrealistic, man. That's unrealistic. I mean, well, no, because if you look at if you look at the, runs away from people, it's not going to happen. 
right? No, That's no, not going to no, happen. No, it's not. But when you look at the European model of policing, which mm -hmm. a lot of people are advocating for in the United States, that you know, European style of policing in many European nations, law enforcement, you know, a lot of the officers are not armed. They actually have fire officers that are armed. And when you, when an officer gets to a scene, he'll request a, uh, an officer with a firearm. You know, some of our, uh, you know, campus police officers throughout the uh, country are not armed on campus. They're, you know, because that is the rule. That's becoming highly unrealistic, right? To have an officer on campus anywhere without arm. But I'll tell you what, what, what I think it's different here. The comparison to the U.S. to European nations that, that where the police are not armed or other countries where police are not armed is not a fair comparison. Because I know well, that- No, you're right. You're no, country, but bear with me, bear with me, no, bear with me one second. Police officers, well, actually society as we have it in this country permits for long guns to be bought, right? And very few places in this country very few jurisdictions in this country do not allow firearms, right? They're citizens to carry firearms. So we know we have a lot of firearms in the, in, in, on the street. So we know we're not going to get take guns away from people. We know that there's an abundance of firearms. I like to see more control with the bad guys as opposed to the good guys. But how do you differentiate a good guy from a bad guy who hasn't been convicted? Correct. Correct. So, so well, I'm, I'm, question, just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying this, it's, it's a very complex conversation. And I think people are just, you know, uh, they're just, you know, addressing the outskirts of what needs to be uh, brought up. There's a lot of technology out there that can address some of our issues. Uh, you just, you just played a video on virtual reality that can address some of our training needs. Uh, there's a, it's a very complex conversation that needs to be had. I agree. Guns ain't going anywhere, but some are having that conversation about should guns uh, be maybe limited in some way, shape or form. You know, I can I can basically, you know me, Robert, I can you know discuss any issue from any angle. Um, if you ask me for my personal opinion, I think we need more police, more training, more protection, more more law enforcement support. I back the blue 100 um, percent. Do we need to. Uh, uh, weed out the bad apples within our ranks and files absolutely but i believe the focus by certain segments of our community and our society and our politicians to have i i think is unfair uh, yeah. but hey that's that's the way it works both sides of the aisle. you know it's interesting yeah. because i saw a video today i think it was in kansas where the law enforcement i don't know if it was the mayor or the combination of the police department but they opened up the the, the their training to the public, right? And the media came and participated. And you have a subject in the scenario um, confronting another person and the, you have the simulator, an officer inside the simulator telling the person, the subject in the scene, let me see your hands, let me see your hands, let me see your hands. The subject turns out has a gun. But before you can see the gun, they place the reporter and the citizens in the position of a police officer confronting this guy. And the guy looks like he's going to beat the woman. And, you know, the citizens and the reporters shot after the subject killed the, the, the other per the victim, right? So we go back to the young lady, 13-year-old who had the, the, the knife and was gonna stab the girl or was 
acting aggressively towards the other girl, right? And you have the officer who, stat, who shoots. Most people said, oh, it's a 13-year-old girl. Or it's a little girl. We didn't shoot. But was the officer right? Was it a good shoot? And would most people take the shot? Or was would they allow uh, uh, was it, to stab? Uh, no, no, and was it, it was a, you know, the basic question is, was it compliance with policy procedures, guidelines, trainings, and state law? If the answer to all that is yes, then I don't know what we're discussing here. But what happens is we need to have the discussion. We needed to have the conversation. I'll put myself out there. I'll tell you based on what I saw, don't have all the facts, but based on what I saw and what the, the news is put out there and the circumstances, I believe it was a good shoot. Very unfortunate loss of life. I've always said that. Life is precious at every stage, as far as I'm concerned. Loss of life is horrible. But when you look at that, I believe it was a good shoot. But then when you have individuals uh, like LeBron James making his statements, you know, you're next and whatever, it's just, it really, it, it really demoralizes. They blame, they blame, but they're it, it, demoralizes, it demoralizes those in the men and women that are trying to go out there to do the best they can in law enforcement. Um, and that's why recruitment retention is so hard nowadays in, in, the, in the ranks of law enforcement. Um, well, Chicago, and, Chicago yeah. just lost 400, they're 400 officers down. Yeah, yeah. And do you know yeah. that Chicago police has, I mean, well, first of all, on the streets in Chicago, and any given weekend, you have a multitude of murders. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, when they're down yeah. 400 cops. Yeah. Seattle's, that, down, Seattle's down 200, and, and, and some of Minneapolis, you know, uh, took some funding from their budget after the George Floyd situation, and now they realize it was a huge mistake. And now they're infusing millions of dollars back into the police department, and they're and they're trying to hire over two hundred cops. Uh, you know, you, what happens is when you're playing politics with public safety, and uh, and and the communities out there that what need could go wrong. What could go wrong when you're playing oh, politics? Oh man, oh man. You know what? And if you look at the majority of the resources in law enforcement go to poor communities and need the, the, the assistance. If you live in a private gated community, uh, you, don't, you don't need the, the law enforcement attention because you live in a private gated community. But if you don't, if, if you live in an inner, if you, if you live in a uh, urban inner city, you know, Chicago, South End of Chicago, man, you, you want cops on every street corner. But hey, you know what? Again, we've talked about it. Playing politics with policing is is, uh, is a dangerous thing, but as we get ready to close out this episode, Robert, we we well, reached... why don't we tell people to drop us an opinion, right? My oh, absolutely. Drop yeah. us an opinion. Let's talk about this this scenario, this situation of shoot don't shoot. When when should police act? Should they go to less lethal? Um, does is less lethal the answer for every scenario that's unscripted, unplanned that you can't plan for? Let that's us drop right. us a line. Let me talk cop talk. Absolutely. Visit us at MiamiCopTech.com. You know, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, where we'll be posting this today, Miami Cop Talk. And we thank you for listening. We thank you for tuning in. And until you uh, hear us again, see us again, please stay tuned to MiamiCopTalk.com. This has been another episode of Miami Cop Talk with Robert Asensio and Rob Carrillo. Thank you. You have been listening to Miami Cop Talk. We hope you have enjoyed this episode and visit us at MiamiCopTalk.com to get the latest on all our broadcasts. We want to thank our partners and sponsors that have made Miami Cop Talk possible. And on behalf of Robert Essential 
and Roll Curiel. We want to thank you for listening to Miami Cop Talk. Stay connected and visit us at MiamiCopTalk.com.